Hey guys, just a quick message before the episode starts. It's going to be a little bit more rough around the edges when it comes to editing. You're going to hear a lot of noise on one of the audio tracks. Um, but please bear with us. This episode took a little while to record and it's one that we're actually very proud of. Um, next week, we'll be back with some better editing and more good topics. And as always... The side characters are not the authority on these topics. These are just our own personal opinions and personal experiences. Now on to the show. Thanks. Hello and welcome to the Side Characters Podcast, a podcast where we talk about cultural diversity in nerd culture. I'm Jordan. I'm Leah. How's it going, Leah? Uh, you know, as as tired as getting older makes you. <laughs> um, and we just wanted to let everybody know that it's been a little while since we last recorded, just just so everybody's aware. But and that uh, we just wanted to let everybody know that our third co-host won't uh, be joining us anymore due to our due scheduling conflicts. And let's get started with the show. Yeah, you're going to definitely tell how dated these episodes are just based on, like, the recommendations at the end, especially. But I just wanted to open up by talking about, like, the newest Star Wars movie that came out because that's been, like, a big thing culturally for everybody. Well, pop culturally for everybody. And just for me, noticing the sheer difference between this Star Wars and the, like, first prequels in the first series of Star Wars just based off of diversity to begin with just because we go from having a pretty much white cast with pepper diversity here and there and then the prequels having kind of racist caricatures peppered here and there and then having like a very very diverse cast when it comes to the newest Star Wars like the newest trilogy with like we had a black stormtrooper black lead female lead Guatemalan actor lead like it it I thought it was just special to see multiple different um cultures just represented through the movie and I just, it was it stood out to me as one that did it especially well so I just thought going from the original Star Wars to now was interesting, so. Pretty awesome. If I do happen to say so myself, it, and which leads us into our topic for today. Yeah, so today I just wanted to talk about representation in media, um, and then why are we still talking about it? Yeah, and we're really just, like, going to be focusing today on, like, what's lacking? What, where are we lacking in general? Just talk about, like, representation in general. I personally think we've gotten a lot better, especially, like, talking about the Star Wars movie. You had multiple different diverse leads, a female lead, which we don't see many times. Well, we didn't see many times going back um, for especially sci-fi movies. And then you have the black leads and stuff. But, like, we're getting better today, but it wasn't always the best. So I have, like, a couple examples of lacking in representations. Um one of my favorites ever being the trans the Michael Bay Transformers movies, not just any Transformer movies, especially the first Michael Bay Transformer movie, which they never said the Transformer was black, but the way they stylized and represented him, he was a very stereotypical black Transformers rapping and breakdancing before he was then ripped in half in the last half of the movie. Which, of course, because that's what you got to do. 
It's a horror film, but for robots. Yeah, but but really though, it's like kill off the um, diverse character in your movie sometime to have some sort of impact for the. It's like fridging, but not as weird and bad. But um, so yeah, Michael. So then, Trans- Transformers is extremely white. And, you know, not too much, not too much diversity outside of that. But like when we get to the second movie, we have more racist caricatures put in there and going on. But for the second Transform Michael Bay Transformer movie, we had the racist ice cream trucks where they're just. It was bad, dude. And I don't know. Did you ever see that movie? No, I did not. Revenge of the Fallen. It's. Well, don't no. just don't you don't need to like do research on it it's not a good movie just in general but then the more you go through michael bay's transformers movies the more you get racist characters like there's a samurai transformer which doesn't make sense because they're alien robots from space why do you need a specifically asian samurai um robot but you know whatever um and then the other example of lacking um diversity is just the mainstream Marvel comics, especially going back, like talking 90s, early, well, early 90s, 2000s, when I was really reading comics, but like the mainstream comics, again, were very white. You didn't really get too many um, diverse leads. You got your Captain America's, your um, Iron Man's, Thor's, all of that, but never outside of that, you didn't get really any diversity, especially like... I'm talking racial diversity, and then also, like, you never got really female leads pushed for the mainstream comics. It's like, I know now we have Captain Marvel pushed Black Widow, but never really in the comics, like, growing up. So, I'll say this. That didn't happen until 2017. Like, really? It took that long for for those movies to be made? Yeah, we, we had to wait quite a bit for Captain Marvel. But, like, the comics, like, growing up, I didn't have any comics well other than war machine from the iron man cartoon show that i watched every now and then there was like no black character in the marvel universes that was really pushed towards the mainstream and then outside of war machine you didn't really get much else oh yeah and then yeah and then again with like so we finally got it with captain marvel black panther late 2000s well late 2000 teens i don't know what word i use for that but um you get captain marvel black panther but the idea is still behind the scenes you'll still hear articles and rumors about the executives talking about movies with diverse leads not selling and that's one of the reasons that they don't push them because they believe that they won't sell or they won't make money and it's just it's it sucks and like, that's a reason that we do see a lot of lack of diversity when it comes to more neuroculture things. And those are my few examples. Yeah, I just generally, I I think, for me, I think we still are lack, lacking a lot in representation. Yeah. Um, a lot, a lot. Um, like, even the most traditional epic fantasy titles and genres and books, you see certain races you see the emphasis of races and those races are almost entirely white i think we only saw the depiction of a black elf in mainstream fantasy culture this this last year so for the first time i think in my entire life and that's that's yeah that's a that's a real issue and the fact is that these races are portrayed as like almost exclusively white and 
humans are the only ones who are allowed to be diverse, and it's it, it's it's very much lacking. Um, as well, on the on another front, there's the issue of representation of body diversity, which is one that is kind of coming up now, but still very, very, very much on the on the the tail. Like it's it's not discussed by everyone, um, and it's most games we only see predominantly female forms looking like the perfect woman whatever that representation of the perfect woman happened to be at the time of making whether it was like the 90s supermodel body or the current now extra courageous but still skinny woman the, the kim like kardashians the, of the video game world well even the kim kardashians are still not as curvy as she is they're still they're almost barbie like proportions mm. In many cases, and like we all know those games, usually fighting games like Mortal Kombat and Soul Calibur, where they have just unrealistic proportions. And like there are a couple games that portray body diverse female characters, but those games and male characters as well, but often those games, particularly the women, still get called fat. They just get called fat all the time. And it's something that we don't really think about as much but is a huge problem because in real real life not everybody looks like stick thin supermodels and stuff well i remember just being surprised like when you well i mean seeing it online then like when you would talk to me about like how people would call may from overwatch fat and i was like really though oh yeah she's not yeah they call no she's not she's probably what most the majority of women look like today and is normally proportioned and makes sense for who she is as a person and what she does for a living. So, and is a normal body weight. I think my last example was is the idea that it's not just lack of representation, but the lack of good representation and the lack of like being represented past existence, which is the thing that comes up a lot for women, which is that you, there's entire movies where females don't have any speaking roles and or are just background characters or just don't even exist in movies. And like a classic example of how to test this is the Bechdel test, which is uh, a, a thing put forth by a comedian that was basically uh, a test that says that you need to have two women talking to each other at least once with not about a man. Um, in a movie, mm -hmm. and you would be surprised how many movies failed that test. And, like, there's different variations on it, and, like, how poorly they fail. But classic movies that are considered amazing, like Lawrence of Arabia is one of the worst failures of the Bechdel test of all time, because uh, in a movie set predominantly in a Bedouin camp, or in a camp in the Middle East, there are no women, like at all, in the entire movie. Not even just speaking, like not moving in the background, doing, there's there's no one, there's no one, and it's real bad. But what you might not expect is, um, uh, I believe it's part two of Deathly Hallows, maybe yeah, part, part one, two. I can't remember which. Part two of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Yeah, that fails the test, guys. Hermione doesn't talk to another woman. 
No one talks to another woman. I, I remember looking up like so when we did our discussion for this, looking up first for Lords of Arabia, trying my hardest to find women's like maybe there's just like one like in the far distance looking at so many screen captures, just no women, period. But that movie had hundreds of extras. Oh, yeah. In it. Yeah. There's tons of people. <laughs> you can scan the crowds. And you just will not find a woman in there. And I just yeah. like I yeah. find that amazing. Like, how do you just like slip up on that or just not have any female representation in the entire also, movie? Also, it's a movie. It's a movie with hundreds and hundreds of extras. And it's also like three and a half hours long. Yeah. It's a long ass movie. You can't include one woman in it? Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I and I remember then the other thing is looking up like the Bechdel test for Harry Potter Deathly Hallows Part 2. It just there is like a handful, handful, little handful, maybe ten times or probably less, that a woman talks to another woman. And like one of the main examples is um Mrs. Weasley saying, That's my daughter, you bitch, to um Bellatrix Lestrange. It's like one of the few times another woman talks to a woman in that. And it's like, dang, dude. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's bad. really bad. And like the, just that like that's just like a simple test, but this is a like huge problem still in in most forms of media about women that it's that Simple existence does not equate representation because a lot of times women are being treated in these movies as like objects yeah. to be placed set in pieces. the scenery. Yes. Oh my god. Talk about set pieces. The the Witcher, <laughs> the Witcher series. Just there's a class there's so many that we might be mentioning this a lot today. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But even in the first episode, they have gratuitous women walking around naked, and it's For like, reasons. and it's like, it's it's literally the reason is, oh, I, the guy just, I just, it's an illusion. I just wanted them to make myself feel better. I'm like, cool. Treat women as objects. Create illusionary women who are naked and have no control over their own bodies. Great job. <laughs> yeah. It's, so that's there. There are some issues in the Witcher, which were definitely prop. We're Definitely going to talk about it later in the episode. Like, I enjoyed what I want. Okay, I enjoyed what I could of The Witcher, but there were some things where it's like, ooh, no. But we'll we'll get there. I wanted to go over the baseline and just talk about what is representation and kind of define it. So I have a few definitions that I grabbed from a couple different places. But for the first one... um, Representation is the action of speaking or acting on behalf of someone or the state of being so represented. And that comes from Oxford. Yeah, uh, generally, I think that definition applies more in this case to like the example of like elected bodies, Mm -hmm. like people in the government not representing groups of people or or legal counsel. Yeah. So it's 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 more feels like the individual so yeah it's like not really covering kind of what we're talking about it's more of a legislative rather than what we mean by representation in this case so the second definition comes from cambridge um the fact of including different types of people for example in films politics or sports so that all different groups are represented and that's a little bit more of what we're talking about it's a little bit it's not perfect but it's a little bit more of what we're talking about. Because, but as well, it, it kind of 
verges on that fact that I was just saying that just including women in a movie to be your set dressing does not include representation. And I think that's kind of missing from this definition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then our last definition comes from Merriam Webster and it's um, representation is the body of persons representing a constituency. I knew I was going to trip up on that. And I think that one for me is the better one because it's a constituency is a group of people or uh, a type of person. And it's, yeah, that's, it's representing acting for, or yeah, at least to me, that's the definition I, I would go with in this case. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. Um, it's definitely like I think again agreeing with the first one just doesn't represent what we're t- <laughs> doesn't represent what we're talking about today. But mm-hmm. I think going over, I would lean towards the second and third, with the third being our definition, wanting to go through. But um, so moving on, just like so, just wanting to question: Is the lack of representation in media is that also connected to the representation behind the scenes or in the writers' room? Yeah, I hope that people here know that that's a yes. <laughs> it's really hard to write a character unless you've haven't have either been that person or have extensive knowledge of that person and are informed on that extensive knowledge by the people who you're trying to represent and. It's clear from the, how characters are being refer- represented and written that they're done by people who literally have no knowledge of them. And, like, I think I, a silly but simple example is I just saw a thing online that um, the Venom movie, they literally didn't have a medical consult <laughs> for the movie. <laughs> no, they didn't. And so, I, yeah. Watched it twice. So they I say at confirm. one Yeah, so they say at one point that it's a clip that's like, his vitals are holding steady and all the people who were the medical console or who actually know medical was like, yeah, they may be not changing, but they're really fucking bad. <laughs> it's a bad so, so just using that as a simple example of like why you need people to inform and write on people who they know about and who are or are them like simple example. Also, generally, it stands to people of different cultures. Yeah. I think just mainstream, we're missing out on a lot. Like, we have the lack of representation, but we also are not really pushing some of the um, more diverse directors and writers forward. We're just, like, we see at the Oscars a lot that it's just usually white men are up for best director is what it is a lot of the time. And if we want to look past writers, directors are like, we have to get into privilege. And the fact is, is that people who are from a privileged position, particularly white, white males, in this case, who are privileged in America, like in Western society, will have a different perspective than other people, which means that that we should be doing a diverse, a diverse directors and 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 every position because it will provide a not only like an accurate representation of people but like unique perspectives and interesting stories that you might not see if you are belong to a different group because a lot of the especially a lot in movies you get the kind of perspective of 
the upper class white gentleman rather than any other type of people. Yeah. But next, I just kind of wanted to talk on a more personal level. Like, what does it feel like for you not to be represented? And I guess I can start with this one is I kind of mentioned this up top with uh, growing up with few African-American heroes. And like, I mean, both that in like comics and stuff, but also with black actors as well. But like, I was a comic book nerd, like um, cartoon nerd from a young age. And I, there weren't, especially on TV, Saturday morning cartoons, there were not many Saturday morning cartoons with black representation. So like, I think can name one of the very few was Static Shock was one of the very few shows with a black lead character. Excellent show. Um, Excellent And show. then, yeah, it, it was fantastic. One of my favorite shows still. And then, like, um, gotta make sure I get the name right, John Stewart, um, Green Lantern in the Justice League cartoon was, like, the only other one I could think of. Oh, yeah, John Stewart, Green Lantern, Cyborg, and Teen Titans. But other than that, there weren't many. Like, I grew up watching Spider-Man. I think we had one black character all throughout the that too if you want to include blade who was on like two episodes of spider-man for reasons unknown but yeah it's it's very little representation but even going beyond that like i didn't mention this up top i wanted to but um character creation in video games and also black characters in video games were very lacking um but character creation it was a lot of you get two african-american skin tones and then you get the afro option the buzz cut option and then maybe cornrow option are for hair and i remember playing guitar hero world tour and be like so pumped because you can make your own character and then not liking any of the options so growing up it's like i didn't like playing as the black characters because they looked bad Mm -hmm. all the character options for black characters just looked bad it's like i don't want to just make a dude who has like a giant like disco afro and i also don't want to just have the buzz cut so growing up i just felt like i was not represented and just felt like and oddly to me speaking character creators for some reason this just reminded me of like we we have such extremely lacking character creators in most games growing up but I also grew up with The Sims, and The Sims 3, which came out in, I don't remember when, I want to say almost 20 years ago now, but who knows, let me, hold on, hold on, it. hold on, let me check. 2009. 2009? 2009, that was the end of high school. Well, even, even then, the character creators in The Sims were still ten times better than any other character creators for any games, and why couldn't they recreate that in mainstream gaming? Like, why were they just relegated to The Sims? I will say it honestly didn't get even decent until, like, 2014. Yeah, which is surprising because The Sims 3 had one of the best ones. Um, But yeah, so, like growing up with the lack of representation not having like the black heroes not being able to make a character that i felt comfortable representing me in the video games i felt like it was not good enough to be black i felt like to be a hero to be a rock star to be whatever you needed to be white and it and that that part it really sucked because like you don't 
get it in a lot of movies and video games and stuff. And like, it's getting better, but growing up, I didn't have that. I didn't have black Panther as the black superhero. I didn't have, um, Falcon as like a big superhero. It's going to be Captain America soon, but it's just, I didn't have that. Yeah. I had a like similar experience where they're just, were there was a certain type of female character you'd be and it was only a certain type of person and generally that was a white woman which i am but at the same time i recognize the fact that a lot of my friends who are not white were struggling to find characters who they could be and as well it it was a certain type of person predominantly blonde oddly (laughs) enough um but the type of female characters that were being represented on media for me growing up were of two different varieties, and you only had two options. You could either be a princess, or you could be a tomboy. Yeah. There was no in-between. You either had to act male, or you had to like pink and everything fluffy, and be a pretty, pretty princess. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> which as a child is very very limiting very limiting and it was only it's i've talked to multiple of my friends about this that a lot of us it's only until we've gotten to our mid-20s that we all discovered because we were all tomboys growing up that we had the option to still like cute things and so now i have a bit of a kawaii streak in me right (laughs) i'm definitely still you laugh, but it's so true. Uh, it, I like cute things, but I could also kick your ass. So, like, and that's allowed, and you're allowed to be that way. And it's taken a lot of us, like, a lot of us have been stunted because of the representations there were. And as well, as, like I said earlier, body body diversity is a real thing. Trying to Trying to find someone who looks like you is a real struggle in the day in age of princesses yep. it's and not even healthy <laughs> like that's the thing a lot of these people we would see when i would see growing up didn't weren't muscular like they weren't if they were like fighting enemies they they weren't built for it no they they didn't they clearly weren't like they would be shown like fighting people but at the same time you're like why don't you have the same type of muscles the guys do? Like, you don't have any muscles, but you're shown lifting that giant broadsword? That's not realistic, guys. You got you got to at least have some more muscle definition for that. So I guess coming from, like, an art standpoint, I remember, like, because, you know, I, my, one of my hobbies is drawing, and I used to draw a lot of, like, anime-style, comic book-style, but I remember learning to draw in that style like when you draw a male character, you have to draw all the lines and the bulges for the muscles here and there, whatever. But then when you draw a female character, you pretty much just draw like the two lines, which are the boundaries of the arms or legs or whatever you're drawing. There's no like detailed muscle. They're drawn as pretty much like pencils. It's, it's very weird. Yep. It's strange. It's very strange. But yeah, that's generally been my personal experience. And I, I guess what kind of like, draw from this like from both of our experience like when you grow up with that lack of representation it's hard to believe that like i guess you feel shoehorned in fitting in what that what you are shown so i was 
felt that I could not be a hero because there were no black heroes for me. Yeah, and I felt like I could only be certain things. I was restricted. And, like, it's so important to see people like you in media for these reasons. Like, today, the amount of posts on the internet that we've gone from being princesses to being generals, like both She-Ra and General Leia, like, it... uh, it's just an amazing transformation that is awesome to me, seeing little girls being badasses at the same time, recognizing that they can still like whatever they yeah. want. That's why it's important, is so that they don't have to wait until they're in their mid-20s to get over the fact that they can like whatever they want. Yeah, I, I along that lines, I know so many stories of, like... Um a lot of my female friends like being just enthralled by the Wonder Woman movie because she wasn't like, yeah, she wasn't just shown as being like a super buff warrior who just takes out everything, but she also wasn't shown as ever being weak. She didn't fit the either two limited stereotypes. Oh, I'm just the pretty princess who needs to be saved or, Oh, I'm the buff, tough woman who doesn't have time for anything but punching things. And just being amazed that they kind of got that side of it right. And yeah. I guess on my side, really, it's like growing up, it's like with the lack of representation, but I was always treated like I had to fit like this black stereotype of, oh, I had to play basketball, listen to rap music, and do quote unquote black things in order to be black. And so when I liked a bunch of comic books and liked a bunch of like I wanted to be an engineer from a young age. It's like, oh, you're just really white. And I remember that just being like, like because I don't fit the general mainstream representation of what black is, I'm no longer black. And I, that's like the impact. Yeah, that's not how that's, that that's works. Not. And I guess one of the impacts of like having equal representations, and I've seen it again and again, it's like people of color growing up now have that as like oh i don't have to fit a stereotype i i'm black i can do anything that anybody else can do i don't have to just listen to rap music i don't have to be whatever and that's like one of the biggest impacts yeah. for me is just seeing that anybody can fit any role and i think it's a, an extension of that like not just like the kids who are like gaining from this it's a general societal gain from this it's the idea that like informing everyone about what multiculturalism is the fact that you can live with other people the fact that you don't have to view people unlike you as like an other which is like the they don't have to be an another which is like a like dehumanizing them as people which happens a lot these days been dealing with that this week um in my personal life but it's by showing people as existing in all walks of life and all roles and whatever, you're teaching kids and adults that anyone that about how everybody exists, how they operate through life, how they don't have to be different than you, but you can also learn how they yeah. are different than you. Like it's it's both it's both sides of the coin. It's both it's both destigmatizing and de and yeah. normalizing how you see people in life, which is very important to like childhood development and stuff like that. Particularly if you live in an area where it's predominantly one culture, it's extremely important to be exposed to people of other cultures, but also as well to like uh, 
to to inform how you see people like how what what you see them as how their how their society is different than you how they're raised differently from you how they have different privileges to you and like yeah movies can't get at all of that but i don't it's it's a good step forward to be able to teach people through telling other yeah, stories. Like they can't get to all of that, maybe, but like why not try that? Why not have diverse characters? Like um, into the Spider Verse, I thought did a very good job of showing a black, well, uh, interracial family, and I thought one of the most yeah. amazing things that movie did was not subtitling his mom when she spoke in Spanish, and yeah. like it showed at least to me, it showed normalizing like a diff- someone speaking in a different language as not creating like an us and them. It's just like, this is just a family thing. They speak this language. We don't need to know. We can feel what she's saying. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. There's so many cases of that where in, in recent movies doing better jobs at doing this and like telling these interesting stories. Like I think we'll get into this in maybe in later episodes, but I can get oh out. It's God, an yeah. excellent example of teaching people the fear that people in America, black people in America feel every day by like contrasting that of the fear in horror yeah. movies. That it's that that it's visceral and extremely effective. I, <laughs> so yeah. I will just throw out this really quick is the like party in that movie where everybody's like saying some really awkward things to the black character. I've been in those shoes before. I've been there before. It's really awful. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in the female it's version so... of that. It's 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 not a great I time. I would have voted for Obama to have a third term. It's like, bro, just calm down. Hold your horses. You don't need to say that. <laughs> um, anyway, So you're going to talk about the history of representation for a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk about it. It's yeah, my favorite. So, because I want to talk about it, I'm going to leave this section because um, I like talking about history. Have I mentioned this before? Maybe. Maybe I once or twice. Have. Maybe. Just a few times. So, let's talk about fantasy and sci fi for a bit. Particularly, we're going to start with fantasy because that kind of came first in many ways. So, both these genres were founded primarily by white men. Shocker. What? Shocker. Yeah, and particularly like fantasy. Fantasy was founded on like it's it, one of the foundations of the genre. Is race and racial depictions. You look at historic fantasy and it's it's based on different races that are highly different from each other that represent specific types of people that you still see extended today in the ideas of elves, oh dwarves, and humans. And it's it's pervasive. Primary example, no matter how much we love it, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is one, got that Christian background to it, but Tolkien has most people in the books are described as fair skin. Elves are the wonderful yeah. beings of the past and Dwarves are entirely Nordic and white, and as well, like, yeah, humans are humans. But you know where Rakes is depicted in that book? You want to know? The only place in 
the world of Lord of the Rings where they have I'm black scared people. you're gonna tell me. It's Mordor. Yeah, I was about to say it's like the orcs of Mordor, right? Ugh, jeez. No, oh. it's not even the orcs. There are humans. The humans who oh. live in Mordor, who ride on the backs of elephants, are black. Are described as dark-skinned. And they Complete ride on the backs of the full disclosure, I didn't pay that much attention to Lord of the Rings because I didn't really like it. To, yeah, well, it's, it's more in the books, but it's, yeah, it's a definite thing that the people of Mordor are more primitive in depiction versus everyone else in, in the world, which is it's, founded, founded on a racial principle. And that, and that whole foundational work in fantasy has extended throughout in a lot of depictions of old school fantasy. You see that. And, and, and similarly in sci-fi, a different genre, yet the same, also has a lot about race, but also colonialism, another big big buzzword, and the idea that you're going out there, you're finding people, you're conquering them, and and the aliens are treated as exotic entities yeah, throughout. That needs and a, well, I guess a human to come in and fix their world or show them the light, pretty much, is what it kind of goes on and it's just it's yeah conquering and messing up and all sorts of things and yeah and it, it's yeah both of these types of concepts of like the racial depictions of fantasy and colonialism and sci-fi are, are still here today and like still persist in terminology like how how I can talk about how I can see it, but first I want to ask you, Jordan, how how have you seen it? Seen what specifically? Sorry, it's just like the racial, like racial depictions. Like how how do you see these themes persisting today? Do you want? Do you want? I, to yeah, I want you to go first because I I have thoughts, but I I want to make sure that I'm like on the right track with them. So for me, the thing that hits you first and hardest is like epic fantasy games like hard foundationally D&D sadly which we all love it and I think is one of the biggest opportunities to include diversity in all forms and representation in all forms sadly is like the is founded on races and these races have specific characteristics and that make them better or not better than others which does not really make sense in the long term when you think about the fact that a lot of those cultural, those racial differences are actually more like cultural traits that you would learn yeah. from other people, which may be ethnically specific, but are not racially specific. So, like, yes, it makes sense potentially that the cat people, the Tabaxi, are good at stealth. They're part cat. Yes, I could see that being a thing that works. But it's like, I, I don't understand how some of the other races are, like, better at speaking, oh better oh at God. charisma, learn more languages. Like, it it doesn't, it, it, foundationally, like, it doesn't really make that much sense, and there could be a much better way to say that. So, and, like, other epic fantasy games like Yeah, Skyrim, that's what I was going to talk about their, Skyrim and, like, how the Red Guard yeah. are the only black people there. What? I think last time we talked about this, you said that they get like a stamina or a speed boost. Well, we could talk about before the Red Guard talk about uh, the Khajiit, who are just like kind of racist depictions of Jewish stereotypes. It's just so hard for me bit. to say something because it's like I know they're bad. It's like oh, it hurts. But 
God. So I don't know if you, do you ever watch the movie Bright on Netflix? No, I do not. Okay. But that the orcs are shown as pretty much being black people in that. So, and it's just, yeah. like, it's so, okay. well, that's it's great. so hard. It's just, it hurts. It's like, oh yeah, the orcs are pretty much black people, but then the black people are still black uh, people. It's, it's just, it's uh, like, that movie's like, I liked it when I watched it, but they're like going back with a critical eye. I'm like, oh no, why? Come on. Yeah. So yes, confirmed. The Red Guard have 10 times faster stamina regeneration. Because black people run fast. Okay. I get it. I get it. Pretty much. And it's funny because also as well, like the outfits they give the Red Guard are also like this weird mix of North African, Middle Eastern garb that generally also feels racist i guess it's so it's it's still here this is the thing is it's still here that's what we're trying to highlight with this is that you may not realize but this does impact other people and like just considering the stories of people who are forced to play drow because they're black which has happened i was about to mention like people being told not that they can't be a black elf and it's just like what what is that well, yeah, because elves are supposed to be fair and like pretty much perfect white people is what elves are supposed to be. It, eternal perfect white people is what elves are. And like this history, yeah, it's just, it's pervasive. And I encourage everyone to think about how the works you love have these things in them and like what they're founded on because it does lead to some interesting questions and like... How would you fix it in D&D? Because I have a solution in my mind, but that's, I talked for another day. Well, I would definitely want to hear your opinion on another day then, because that's interesting. Generally, what we're saying is that representation in most works looks not great. Not great. No, we, you, if there, if race is described, it's usually described as white and usually by association because of the authors, the race not being described generally means they're white because or it's described yeah it's 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 this weird contradiction but there are some good ones there are some real nice good ones and i remember having a conversation with a friend of mine and it's like it was a medieval like it was a fantasy like medieval fantasy world and he was talking was like oh well in this show is like these they shouldn't this character shouldn't have been black this character shouldn't have been this race because like this is set in like a medieval world like in this type of country where these people weren't but i'm like this is a fantasy world and it's not europe it's called whatever the place was called so why can't there be an indian person or a black person well it's it's medieval fantasy set in this where it's like but it's a fantasy world. Again, it's like, it's not set in Europe. So why do we have to follow those bounds when dealing with yes. other places? So when it comes oh. to like, we were kind of mentioned, like, how would you fix these things? Well, just disregard how things work in this world if you're dealing with heavy fantasy. Because why would why would the population be mostly white? Like, oh, well, it's Europe. It's not. It's wonderland or whatever the it's a fantasy world you want to call it it's, just, it's not yeah it's no it's the, yeah that that is something that causes me yes. great frustration <laughs> talking with people because they're like they do it with the witcher where the guy they're like oh it's based in poland and i'm like mm, no it's not it's based in why do i want to say tamriel is that a thing there? bro i you are the, supposed to be place? the witcher expert 
Don't ask me. I am not good at the Witcher stuff. I might be pulling that name out of somewhere else from a different fantasy genre. Temeria? Yeah, it's uh, Temeria. That's the one. That's the one. It's fantasy. Oh, thank God we have computers in front of us. Who cares? Oh, God. What is... I'm going to have to look up what I thought of I remember hearing that word. I might just because all fantasy worlds sound the same, but I think I remember that one. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's just like uh, you, you can have whatever you want. It's fantasy. Also, like, it's the same. <laughs> we, 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 yeah, we can go enough. down it's, this hole for a long time. And we'll definitely be talking about this next week because I have a prime example. But, yeah. So, there are some, like, older works, though, that have great representation. And, like, books-wise, I think, like, Terry Pratchett's Equal Rights is really good because he's, like, that book deals with, like, women being wizards and, like, you can't be a wizard if you're a woman, but they have a woman who becomes a wizard rather than being a witch. Like it's, it's great. It's great. It's a really good book. And as well, like, we can't not mention the great Ursula Le Guin. Like, oh, I only learned recently that she was the daughter of a really famous anthropologist. I remember you mentioning this fact and to me just flying right over my head. <laughs> well, she's a really famous anthropologist, but that's why... She has these really interesting depictions. Like, she, if you haven't read her work, read her work. But she has really interesting depictions of, um, in one of her books, where gender, or, like, gender and sex, I can't remember if it's biological or whatever, is, like, dependent on the season or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you change states. Like, you are, you're, you're fluid. Your gender changes fluidly depending on the season. And... It's like completely changing how we view gender and sex as humans, as like not a dichotomy, but like as a fluid state. And it's like, oh, oh, that you want to talk, you want to talk about changing how we view people. She did that. There are some good ones. Okay, the one I wanted to highlight on was for sci-fi, the alien movie, you know, Sigourney Weaver, alien in her being like the coolest character ever. But um, just... Because she is a strong female lead in a sci-fi and horror movie, but isn't shown as being like the damsel in distress or isn't shown as just being pretty much written like a man, but just a female part. Like she is shown like being scared of the aliens, being clever, figuring out strong lead through and through. And it's just a lot different from like some of the sci-fi movies, especially even Star Wars, which as you go through, like Leia is kind of, she loses her role as strong female lead and then it just becomes damsel distress. And it's just, it's a lot. Oh, I'm just thinking about the fact that like Sigourney Weaver's character, like in Alien, she, that character is what we expect and demand that female characters look like today. Like it's who we're getting today. And that movie came out at like 79, 1979. Like, how did we, why did it take so long? Why did it take so long for this to take hold? Because it's literally. <laughs> for it to, yeah, to come back around and actually be a mainstream thing now. Yeah. It's just... I, it confuses me and 
Yeah, I mean, when they call it. her the queen of like sci-fi like portrayals, I mean, I kind of want to jump on and agree. Like Sigourney Weaver kicks ass; like she's amazing. Yeah. So then, wanted to talk about progress versus problematic, and how do we enjoy nerd culture that is founded on so many problems? And like, because we have these talks, and it's like, well, yeah, these things are bad, and they have a lot of problematic issues. And it's like, can you still enjoy it? Should you still enjoy it? And I think. You can enjoy these things because not everything's going to be perfect. And you have to just like be willing to accept the facts like, yeah, it it's not perfect. It has its problems and it could be better. And you can't like for me, I was like, I'm not willing to just cut everything out because it doesn't fit what it should be. But like I am still celebrating it and having it be a thing that I enjoy, even though it is problematic and lacking like um I always bring up JoJo's Bizarre Adventure because there is some stuff in it that is a little like ee, like at times, but in which is so, it's an interesting thing to bring up because we've had this discussion, me and Jordan, about this show, and it's interesting because you've gone through like a progression of how you view the show, and I've gone through the same one with Full Metal Alchemist, which is the idea that like we love it to bits. Yeah. We love these shows to bits, and then and and then someone questions, makes us question something about it. And we <laughs> I remember the it. first time I was questioned about JoJo's, <laughs> like legitimately getting upset. It's like, no, it's perfect. Screw that. But it was like, no, there there were issues, especially like the first few seasons. Um, one character showing like, oh, I need to be the perfect example of a gentleman, and like trying to define that. And there were issues with the Nazis kind of being good guys at one point. Um, (laughs) But it changes, like, especially in the portrayal of how um, the male characters has definitely changed over the years to a point where it's like they aren't shown, like, even if they have feminine traits, they aren't shown as, like, that's not shown as being weird or, like, being, like, a thing that stands out. It's just that character. So you have a bunch of, like, male characters wearing lipstick and that's never shown as a weird or, like, especially extravagant thing it's just a thing yeah and i think it's this like highlighting this how like we've reacted to this like highlights both sides of this thing which is that one you shouldn't get disheartened because something isn't perfect you should recognize that we are on a roller coaster going to the top hopefully or whatever however whatever metaphor you want to use that we're not there yet but if something if it if it did something better you should take a moment to celebrate that because i know a lot of people who at this point it's like it's not perfect so i'm not gonna i'm going to hate it what you should take a moment to celebrate we love these shows and the reason we act reacted so badly is because because i did the same thing is because we remember their place in history Full Metal Alchemist, when it came out, was <sighs> changed, changed manga and anime completely, and had female leads that were complex and had their own characters and were oh, oh, I mean, who didn't want to be Izumi coughing up blood yet punching people housewife. in the head like oh, <laughs> uh, it's just so amazing. She was so good. But at the same time, and I know what the world of yes. manga looked like during that time, and it was a wasteland. 
And so Full Metal Alchemist was a beacon. And so thus when my friend called into question Winray and her existence in relation to Ed and how she existed mm-hmm. for Ed, I kind of freaked out. And because I knew what it looked like then. I knew what manga and anime looked like then. And not saying that it has improved much, because there's... That's yeah. another question. We'll, we'll get to that. Discuss. Um, but it's important to go both ways. To both take time to remember that there's issues, but also to, like... Or to, to see the good things, the place where it is, and, like, how it's elevating a form... But also to rem- remember to stay on the course and not let this be the plateau. You gotta fix the things that need to be fixed. Still, like it's not it's not good enough. You have to expect more from your media. If 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 what you if someone produces a show and and you love parts of it and you're like, oh man, this does such a good job. It's transport like it's it's showing representation in a whole new light. And then they make the exact same show with the same issues, though, over and over again. That's a sign that you should be more critical of those people yes, and expect exactly. more from them. And I think we have other examples of, like, um, Call Me By Your Name is a good example, where you can both appreciate the fact that it's telling a love story that's not between heterosexuals, but also recognize the fact that it's fluffy and kind of telling her heterosexual love story anyways, but <laughs> with two men. So it, like, I, it's, 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 it's give and take, and you can appreciate something and love something, but still recognize that it has issues, and remember that it, while you may recognize that that's not the rule you should follow in your life, think about how others, particularly young people, would think about how these affect their lives, like how they're taking in this knowledge. So, right, so then what kind of... Sorry, going through the notes, I'm actually really excited for this next section. What issues are there with representation outside of the general lack of the representation? And I guess I, I would just just hit this off really quick with um, tokenism and stereotyping, especially when it comes to um, like the wise black man, the cool black man, or we get the wise gay best friend. It's just different. Which has replaced the wise yeah, black yeah, man. Yeah, they in stole many it from us. I'm really day. upset about that. <laughs> so we have one thing. We were supposed to. We were supposed to be wise and just smooth. And you can't steal smooth from black yeah. people, but mm. now we're just all stuck yeah. in this. <laughs> but yeah, it's like so, you get the token character, and I guess another one is the token like cool female character, like that cool's like oh she's one of the guys characters. Another stereotype that's thrown in a lot. So that's just oh my god, yes, she like oh that you the word. So I love Lord of the Rings. Who doesn't love Lord of the Rings movies? But the worst was that that one scene in the like extended editions where they basically oh my god I'm gonna get the name wrong. So uh, I think her name is Eowyn. Um, so she has that scene where she's like everybody's like oh she's gonna go fight with the riders the, the Rohan and the battle and yeah she's gonna go fight and then they totally undermine her character by having her be oh bad god. at cooking. 
<laughs> so they like she makes a meal for Aragorn because she's trying to be like, oh, you're the best, even though he's already got a lady, and he, he, she he, she's really really bad at cooking, which is like a, for me is it kind of a trigger because it's like a big stereotype of like. It's a female, cooking is a female craft. Thus, if you're good at anything that makes you a badass woman, then you can't cook because that's not, you're not good at female crafts. So annoying. So that's so that annoying. Scene. I hate it. It's so true, though. It's such a persistent stereotype. Like, now it's a little less, but, like, oh, growing up, that was what I contended with all the time. And I'm like, you know what? I bake, and I could also kick your ass. All right. I, you you are being very me threatening this. to me. I'm very scared of you right now. This, the multiple times today we said, it's I fine. can kick your ass. And I mean, you can't really look anywhere else but me, but it's very scary when you say that and look at me. It's like, oh God, please don't. It's like, I'm very wow. weak. Half the time I'm not actually looking <laughs> it's at like, you. I'm, it's like, at I'm, I'm very nose, weak so willed. So yeah, I know that you can kick my ass. I get it. <laughs> um, and then the. Other thing that, like, I always push this, in, it's a topic that I always talk about when issues with res representation is just, just because you have included minorities doesn't mean you've achieved good representation. And then on the other side of that is just because you make a character diverse doesn't mean that has anything to do with your movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's, uh, we've, I've already talked about this today, but just because you include a woman doesn't mean you're passing like you're they're having intelligent conversation they're complex characters like all of this like stereotyping just is lack of giving people actual character just having them have their own experiences their own their own ideas like it's that's not real reality that's that's little toys that you stand up and stick in a corner while your white people talk to each other like it's it's not great and 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 like again, we're gonna talk about The Witcher right now because <laughs> because they do a really good job and then they fail by having a large portion of their female black population in that show be part of groups that are like traditionally like viewed like as native represented as native people stereotype, uh, which I was just like, why did you make that choice? Because. That's generally how black women get as, represented as in media is yeah. Amazonian warriors. Yeah, as tribal Amazonian warriors. Like, and it's, why? Why? <laughs> like, not a choice that, that was like to be the made, one thing, because okay. you told me about it before sure, I got to that whatever. point in The Witcher. But, like, I remember you sent me the picture, and I just stopped. I You can probably remember my reaction. It was just like, really, though? Yeah. Just really? And it's just, it's one of those things, like, why, why, why are we doing this? The Witcher, like, that that came on, like, so I was really pumped in The Witcher to see the Black Elf. I'm like, I haven't really ever seen a Black Elf oh. in anything. And the general. Like, that was, I was like, I, I had so many hopes for Netflix because of that. And, yeah, so I, you see those, like, two really cool things. Like, oh, yeah, Black people's in positions you usually don't see. And then it's like, oh, yeah, and now the other Black people are pretty much hunter-gatherers, so enjoy. And it's like, cool. Thank you for putting us back in our place. Thank you. <laughs> I, I hated it. It's like, great. Yeah. So, Beautiful. I, who made that well, choice? Like it you was were saying, just because you have minorities doesn't mean you're doing a good job of representative. Like, and I remember as a kid watching all these movies, like, 
um, one I can think of off the top of my head, Jurassic Park 3, where at the very beginning, there was like a black guy on part of the team going onto the island. And then he gets killed pretty much right off the bat. Just, there he goes. It's like, okay, cool. It's like, glad yeah. that we got to see this character right. get developed as he's getting just killed. <laughs> Good jobs. Like, it's, it's, it's frustrating that this is what we're working with and it's just so, so, and then like i mean all uh, the other horror movies where it's yeah. like yeah you're the first to go if you're a minority it's like thank you yeah. and going on to like the 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 like creating the diverse characters making just changing characters to being diverse i i, I really think it's a, it's a it's a key of like not accepting yeah. plateauing and, like initial like it's what i was saying earlier initially good job you you did something you made a movie that questioned that changed how we view an original interpretation of a movie and showed that having a female cast instead of a male cast still produces an extremely funny movie i appreciate that doing that 50 more times does not yeah. produce and the I don't, same don't effect i think you can just stop at like making a character black like my example i always use is the newest fantastic four movie that came out i think 2015 16 something mm -hmm. like that and they made the human torch black and like while that's fine and like except like okay cool we have a black character but you can't just stop at okay we put a black guy in um we put a black guy in fantastic four we're good no, no, we can't just stop at just making characters who are, like, his, quote-unquote, historically white a different race. We need to start making ideas that include more diverse characters, new ideas. Because if you're just going off the old stuff over and over again, that gets old. That's not representation. You're just making a character black. It's the idea of the Miss Pac-Man trope, which people may or may not have heard of. Which is the idea for, at least for women in this case, where you stick a bow and some lipstick on it and you've got the female version of whatever male character you have. That's not the same. I, like, I think the clarification I make in this situation is that sometimes you can use a recasted version to say something about a movie, about how movies sell, about stuff like that. The, what we're doing now is not that it's, it's I, I think it's yeah. cool to do it's like it's cool to have a character like every now and then have like we'll change it up it's like oh we are remaking this movie so why not have a couple more diverse characters but i would rather any day have another original idea like a black panther or like a um crazy rich asians or just a movie with diversity rather than just pointing to a character's like let's just make this one asian or let's just make this one black let's just make this one indian like i would rather new ideas that's how you have more yeah, representation is, you have new ideas open for minority this is not this is not a case of one fits up one one fits all you're not just writing general characters and it's like what we're asking for is not just writing a character and then assigning it yeah an ethnicity we're asking for you to write a character that is that ethnicity that has that cultural background that has the lived experience of that person that's unique and interesting and oh yeah just like isn't just yeah. a switchable box you know 
that you can make them be green yeah. and you'll tell the exact like, same character story. If they were going to go and like remake Poltergeist and be, oh yeah, we're going to have a black family this time. It's like, yeah, but why not make more movies like Get Out and Us rather than just making black Poltergeist or making Indian Poltergeist? Like, and especially with Disney kind of doing this a lot, it's just like, Let's make this character black now. Let's make this character Asian. Cool. And also, just so everybody knows, when I say Indian, I mean specifically Indian from India. Just, just so everybody knows that, because I didn't even because we're we're I didn't tired even consider here the other alternative. Other people like, think <laughs> different ways. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna be closing it down for this episode. Just wanted for next episode, we're gonna be talking more about inclusion and kind of the good things with representation and things that do a good job. The yeah, things the things that do like. a really good job. Spoiler alert, I will be talking a lot about Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra. <laughs> a lot about that. And highlighting my favorite of favorites, Crazy Rich Asians. Love that movie. You know, I, I, that I'm movie. excited for Anyways. the episode. Just to, just for once, just not to go into negative and just kind of have a love fest rather than everything sucks. Mm, but yes. anyways, as we usually do to close out, just wanted to talk about things that we've been into that we just find particularly good. Um, I'm going to do two this time. Sorry. Um, first, The Farewell, because it's an absolutely beautiful movie that everybody needs to watch. Um, a predominant, well, yeah. All Asian cast, um, sorry, all Chinese cast, just set in China, subtitled, very good. It's just a beautiful movie about a family. And regardless of race or whatever, it is still relatable. Like, I definitely, the grandma in the movie reminded me a lot of my own grandma. And I don't know if that's an insult to my grandma, so I'm sorry if you listen to this. Um, but it's so... It's a movie where, like, they find the family, they find out that their grandma is dying of cancer, and it is tradition for them not to tell the person who is dying that they are dying so that that person can live out the rest of their lives in happiness. And then just it goes from there. And it's just a really, really beautiful movie, and everybody needs to watch it. And then my second one is I just saw the Birds of Prey Harley Quinn movie, and I. Critics didn't like it too much, but I thought it was really fun, female-driven cast. Just, like, really fun adventure for this character. It was a lot better than Suicide Squad because it had a grounded plot. And I think everybody should just watch just a fun action female team just kick ass the whole time. That's good to know about the Birds of Prey movie because, like, I was on the fence about seeing it. And I don't know if I'll shell out the money to pay to see it, but... At least I will yeah. watch it in the future. I just thought it was really fun. And then, like, it, it's not something that needs to be taken super serious because it's a comic book movie where every time someone gets punched, they go flying. But it was just a fun, like, female cast movie. It was I enjoyed the hell out of it. Anyways. Nice. Well, if you're going to have to, then I'm going to have to because I got to talk about two things. First, we're going to talk about Probably the companion to your first one, which oh, is that yeah, this week dude. I saw Parasite. Oh my god, guys. There's a reason it won the Oscar. I, I need it's to see really it. I'm going to have to see it this week. <laughs> it's so good. It's, it, oh, it, oh, it's just like an up and down. It's, oh, it's so well written. It's, it, it's such a, like, universal experience, but at the same time is like, 
yeah. distinctly Korean. I'm it's, I'm really uh, really excited to watch it because I've heard uh, just only good things about this movie. Only good things. Yeah, I also just like wish that we could mass show it in yeah. the U.S. Just like on mass, give free movie tickets out for people yeah, to see like, it so that we could like deal with some of the indoctrination that exists there. Because oh yeah, because we st- oh it's so good. We still have so this good. thing where it's like if it's foreign, it's not good, and that shouldn't be a thing. Yeah, and we like to remake God, it and remakes. remake things, particularly <sighs> Korean cinema. And Korean cinema is like was doing old cool boy stuff. Korean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will not watch the remake. old boys Korean, Snowpiercer, mm-hmm. Train to Busan, all excellent movies. So that's my first one. Everyone go see it. It is well worth it. Yeah. Oh, so good. Great music, too. Great tension. Oh. Yeah. Second one is... Oh, when I jumped a redacted amount of time into over my Christmas break, which is Dragon Age Inquisition. My God. So much so that I had to uninstall it because I was spending too much time playing it. This game... Oh... Uh, now, it's it's a lot of cutscenes and like story, which I know some people don't like, but there's so much to this game that I love that does stuff well. And I could go I could go into so much and I probably will next time we talk go into more of mm-hmm. what I like about this. So I'm not going to spoil all of it, but the one thing that I do love, one small little hint for you is Oh, how the game makes consent fucking sexy. It's so good. Turn away <laughs> from the camera, Jordan. This makes you embarrassed. Half of it's embarrassing. So, the other half of you said this to me so many times. It's so... So there's a character... There's a romantic plotline in the, the game with the Iron Bull, who is this large, horned guy, Canari, and he's huge, and he has horns, and he is clearly into rough stuff, and he, in your romantic cutscenes, gives you the option to back out. Which is nice. Multiple times. In a way, it's not just nice, it's amazing. Like, it's something that games don't usually give you the mm-hmm. ever the option to do, which is to say no multiple times. And it's also done in a way that's not like, do you not want to do this? No. Yes. It's like, are you sure you're ready? Yes, I'm sh- like, and then you give us sexy reply or something like that. It's, it's, it's like... It's it's really good. It's a really good way to handle consent in a video game. It's probably the first one I've ever seen that does that, that asks you multiple times. Multiple times, which is how it should be done to make sure somebody's comfortable and okay. But it's still like, yes. Yes. I'd say yes more times I would. Because it's that's just like one moment from this game that I'm like, I appreciate so much. Because something that's not talked about in games and not dealt with properly and probably be something we talk about in the future because like oh it's so important 
so important for for games that are so immersive to have this mm-hmm. element of consent. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that's my that's my thing. I'm happy. <laughs> that's, like, that's a very cool thing. This, despite Jordan's me being from the Midwest, I'm happy that it was a good game. It did good things for you. But I'm awkward about this stuff. This you makes know him it. uncomfortable. I'm very excited for the future when we talk about things like this. <laughs> just, just, just uncomfortable, uncomfortable and silent the whole time. Episode. It's just like, yep. <laughs> is Jordan even still here? <laughs> yep, I'm here. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. We will have updates on yeah, Have you ever blushing? seen a black guy blush? You will. <laughs> Anyways. Yes. All right, this has been a fun episode. Right. Um, next week, we're talking about inclusion and the good stuff. But thank y'all for listening. I've really enjoyed mm-hmm. talking about this with you, Leah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Have a nice night. Have a nice night, everyone. Bye.